It happened in the church office about a week, a week or so ago. An envelope was opened and there was a business check inside. That's not unusual. What was unusual was the amount. $110,000. And I'm telling you, the thing looked absolutely legit. Of course it wasn't, but it can be very hard to tell, which is why criminals do things like this. If someone is duped by it, or they're simply not paying attention, which is kind of hard to do with a $110,000 check, but still, they can gain access to your account. In a world of photoshopped images and social media filters and phishing emails that look like they're from legitimate companies and fraudulent checks that look authentic, how do you know what's real? How do you know what's true when politicians say things about their opponent and their opponent says the opposite thing? Or when scientists and studies disagree? Is the news we hear fake news? Or is it real? Like Pontius Pilate addressing Jesus, maybe we just shake our heads and say, what, what is truth? In a confusing world full of various religions and different types of Christians, it can be hard to know what is real and what is true when it comes to faith and eternity. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the only Savior. He is the only way that leads to eternal life. He is the real Savior, and he explains what his real disciples or followers do. And to his real disciples, Jesus makes some incredibly comforting promises. John's Gospel tells us about that this morning. One minute they love you, the next minute they hate you. That's what Jesus experienced as he spent the day teaching at the temple in Jerusalem. The people listened, and many actually believed in him, and so he kept talking. If you remain in my word, you are really my disciples. You will also know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But this confused some of them. We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say you will be set free? Jesus answered, Amen, amen, I tell you. Everyone who keeps committing sin is a slave to sin, but a slave does not remain in the family forever. A son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. They and Jesus kept talking back and forth until ultimately they picked up stones to start firing at him. But Jesus escaped. His talk about real disciples was the beginning of the exchange that set them off. But why? Because they got stuck on the truth-setting-them-free part. So many people misuse those words of Jesus, uh, using them for all sorts of things. And maybe you've even been guilty of, of doing that with Jesus' words. A suspect or, or a witness is told that if he wants to unburden his conscience, he should confess because the truth will set you free. A writer shares lessons taught in the recent live-action Pinocchio movie with Tom Hanks and speaks of Pinocchio finally telling the truth 
which transforms him into a real boy. The title of the piece? (laughs) Yeah. The truth will set you free. You might say, well, those are just more examples of our culture not getting it. Except it's not just our culture. This has always been the case. This happened the moment the words, the truth will set you free, came out of Jesus' mouth. Those listening got all defensive, claiming that their people had never been slaves, so so they didn't need to be freed, which sounds a little bit weird because God's people had a history of being enslaved, right? Egypt, Babylon, some others. Well, even at that time, as they were speaking with Jesus, they were under Roman rule, so not free. They meant something else, though. They meant that God had made them his chosen people, and so... He was their only master. No one was master over them except God himself. So at least they understood that that Jesus was talking about religious freedom. But they considered themselves already freed, so they didn't need him. They didn't need to listen to his words. They didn't need to follow him. Later in the conversation, Jesus clearly stated that he was the eternal son of God, um, which they did not accept which led to them picking up the stones and trying to stone him to death. They were not disciples of Jesus, and therefore they were not disciples of the Father either, despite being branches on Abraham's family tree. What Jesus wanted for them is what he wants for us, just to listen to him and to follow him. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit ensured that Jesus' words and and all of the words that God uh, wanted the world to hear were preserved in the Bible. This way, people really can become disciples of Jesus as they hear that word and as they hold to that word. Now, obviously, Jesus isn't visibly present here with us to speak to us like he was for them, but he is present in the Scriptures. His words still speak to a modern crowd. The Bible is his word, and it's readily available to us. But there have been times when it wasn't so accessible. One of those was at the time of Martin Luther, about 1500 A.D., so a little over 500 years ago. Although, going back years before that, the good news about Jesus and the freedom that he brings was obscured by the church's focus on only the law of God guilt and punishment for sin and the threat of eternal flames of hell, that, that's what dominated and those were used to control the people, enslaving them twice, really, once by the church and the other by the damaging guilt of the law. What a terrible trap and burden. Into the darkness of that time stepped God's gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. What the world knows is that that Martin Luther was the primary person used to bring the entirety of God's word out into the open. He wasn't the only one, but, but he led the reformation of the Christian church. He was simply a person that God used to bring back the shining light of the gospel, the message of forgiveness and salvation in Jesus. Into today's dark world of confusion, the same gospel steps. 
to people who are living under the, the wrong impression about what truth is, Jesus comes with his word of love and forgiveness and eternal life. That word arrives on the wings of the Spirit of God, and it opens eyes and it opens hearts to see Jesus as the Savior. Faith is created. Followers are made. Real disciples who remain in the words of Jesus. They're really the ones who are set free. But set free from what? Yes, they're set free from spiritual confusion. They are set free from worldly approaches to God and life and death. But it's much bigger than that. It's, it's much more than that. Anyone who continually holds to Jesus' words, who, who reads them regularly, who, who hears them here in worship week after week, and they do that with faith, finds that they are forgiven for all of their sins. Literally every sin. They are set free from them because they trust in Jesus. The words of Jesus explain the purpose for his sinless life given for sinners. The word tells of his capture and condemnation, his being led by his captors to his crucifixion. The word proclaims that he set himself free from the, de- from the grave that had claimed him. The risen Christ is the one real disciples follow because they've come to know him through his word and they continue to follow him by remaining in his word. What a relief it is to know that by faith in Christ our sins do not condemn us. The word tells us this. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You know that death is only a thing because of sin. Had Adam and Eve not not sinned, there would be no death. Only in the eternal, peaceful existence with God. But tragically, they did sin and it did bring death into the world. Sinful sinful people die, which means that everyone dies. This is the law of sin and death. And to make it even worse, there's nothing that sinful people, that you and me, can do about that. Sin is stuck to us, and, and so physical death and eternal death wait for us. But what we couldn't do, Jesus did. The sinless Jesus gave his perfection to you. He made his victory over the grave your victory too. Holding on to that truth means that physical death will not hold you, and eternal death can make no claim on you. This is the truth that sets you free. As you sit here this morning, you have time you experience death and are immediately sprung free to eternal living with your Savior. You may not make it home from church today, though, or you may live 60 more years. I suspect most of us are somewhere in between there. So what happens between now and then? Well, we remain here as disciples of Jesus, but 
but as people who also contend with the sinful nature at the same time. Remember the defiant reaction of those listening to Jesus at the temple who were thinking of their place uh, in Abraham's family tree and how they were never slaves? Jesus said to them, everyone who keeps committing sin is a slave to sin, but a slave does not remain in the family forever. A son does remain forever. So he wanted them thinking not about physical slavery, but spiritual slavery. And this raises the question for us, doesn't it? Are we slaves to sin? You might say so, because we can't shake the sinful nature. You might think so, since each of us seems to fall back into certain sins that for some reason hold a certain appeal to us. You might be under that impression because no matter how hard we try, it seems we're always breaking some commandment or another, or maybe several at the same time. We may feel like we're slaves to sin because of this. We may even question whether we're forgiven. If this is true, if this is what it means to be a slave to sin, then the outlook for us is pretty bleak. A slave does not remain in the family forever. Slaves to sin are not in God's family eternally. But this is the thing. Jesus has set us free from the damning effects of sin. Our faith in him means that you and I are cleansed of our sin, that we live under this umbrella of forgiveness that gives us a confidence that despite our sin, we are God's people. Jesus has freed us from the consequences of sin and promised us eternal life. Real disciples don't mess with this. They don't treat this freeing truth as a get-out-of-eternal-jail-free card that they can just pull out any time they purposely rebel against what God says. This does not give us a license to sin. A real disciple of Jesus remains in his word. So yes, it is going to point out our sin. But then it also steers us to Jesus, to look to him for his forgiveness, to assure us that we are sons of God who are in the family forever. That word then also directs us to put that sin away and to strive to live in a way that, that glorifies God, that, that shows our appreciation to him for his goodness to us, to live in ways that glorify him so that other people see that they might also come to know him. The Reformation of the church brought the gospel back into the light where everybody could see it those days also put the word of God into the hands of everyday people so that they could see for themselves what Jesus says. It became their treasure because it allowed them to see the grace of God in Jesus Christ, his son, and to remain in Jesus as his real disciples. May the words of Jesus today lead you to treasure this word also because uh, he brings you the truth through that word, the truth that sets you free from sin and death and brings you to eternal life with him in heaven. Amen.